Tonight's bedtime story is called Filter Cloud, and uh, I've never seen a tornado, but if I did see a tornado, I'd want it to be a water spout, uh, which is what happens when a tornado passes over a lake or another body of water, and it sucks a bunch of water up into its vortex. Let's begin. Anders and Kylie didn't have a basement or a cellar at their house. This was rarely a problem. In fact, the only times it was a problem were the times when there was a tornado warning, which there was right now. Where else are we going to go, asked Kylie. She was standing near the battery-powered radio Anders had dug out of the closet and set up on the kitchen table. Kylie fingered the end of the radio's long silver antenna while the emergency broadcast system squawked out of the tiny blown speakers. Anders, looking out at the gloomy, greenish evening through the glass double doors that led to the deck, said nothing. It would be dark soon. Too dark to see a funnel cloud coming, though they'd still be able to hear it once it was too late to get away. We could always just stay here, said Anders. If it gets really bad, we can sit in the bathroom so we won't be near any windows. No, said Kylie, we have to get underground, a basement or a cellar. But not the neighbor's basement, said Anders. We don't know them. We can't get in the car, said Kylie. It's too exposed. There's no protection in a car. We'd have to abandon the car and throw ourselves in a ditch if we ran into a tornado out on the road. Anders sighed. I don't like it, he said again. They've always rubbed me the wrong way. Ever since they moved in... I don't even know how many people live there. You think I want to go over there, asked Kylie? They scare me, but I'd rather take my chances with them than with a tornado, Anders. What if they don't let us in, asked Anders. They have to, said Kylie. If they don't and the tornado kills us, that would be on their consciences forever. They'll understand that. And I'll take a loaf of my banana bread with us to offer them. All right, said Anders. Get your coat and your banana bread. Let's go while it's still relatively calm out. Five minutes later, Anders and Kylie stood knocking at the front door of the only other house within a mile in any direction. Their neighbor's house was only 50 yards from theirs, the properties separated by a long gravel driveway that they shared until it branched in opposite directions at the very end. Anders and Kylie's branch of the driveway led into their attached two-car garage. The neighbor's branch led to a large dirt patch occupied by four decrepit pickup trucks and a filthy minivan. Try the doorbell again, said Kylie. Even though the night was warm and humid, Kylie hunched her shoulders inside of her brown coat. She held the loaf of banana bread, wrapped tightly in saran wrap, with both hands. Anders pressed the doorbell with his thumb. He heard no sounds coming from inside the house. I know they're here, said Anders. All the cars are here, and there were two guys out in the backyard less than an hour ago, right before you saw the severe storm warning on TV. The evening was a darker shade of green. The wind was beginning to pick up again. The air felt odd, unquiet, calculating. It smelled like tornado weather, exactly. Try knocking again, said Kylie. The wind tossed her shoulder-length brown hair around her face. Anders knocked. Nothing happened. What now, asked Anders, non-functional doorbell or ineffectual knocking? Try the doorknob, said Kylie. Just walk in, asked Anders. Are you kidding? You can poke your head in and yell something, said Kylie. Yell what, asked Anders. Hey, it's the neighbors you never talk to and always glare at, and we've got some banana bread for you. The porch light came on. The door opened. A man stood in the doorway with his left hand on the doorknob and his right hand tucked into the back pocket of his jeans, which looked as if they'd been through a fire. Behind him, the house was dark, though Anders could see a faint light coming from a room at the end of the hall. Anders and Kylie stood mute, caught unprepared for this moment. That bread for me? asked the man. He appeared to be in his early thirties. Depending on how fast his facial hair grew, he hadn't shaved for at least a couple of days. He wore big, clunky eyeglasses, and his hair hung over his ears and down to the collar of his grimy flannel shirt. 
It is, said Kylie, stepping forward and holding the banana bread out to the man. He didn't take it. Funny time to be delivering bread, he said. That's not the main reason we're here, said Anders, stepping in before Kylie could get defensive. I don't know if you've heard, but we're in a tornado warning right now. Until at least midnight, I think. We don't have a basement, so we were wondering if you'd mind if we joined you in your basement until the warning's over. We're not in the basement, said the man. But you have a basement, said Kylie, right? Did you not know about the warning? We're not worried, said the man. We're busy with something else. Kylie looked at Anders and then back up at the nearly black sky. The wind was getting wilder, tenser. Listen, said Anders, would you mind if we sat in your basement until the warnings passed? We wouldn't cause any inconvenience for you. We'll just sit down there and keep to ourselves and then go home when it's all over. We can even let ourselves out. No, no, said Kylie. No, we should all go down there together. It's dangerous for the rest of you to stay upstairs. Anders scowled at Kylie. You can't make them sit in their own basement, Kylie. It's their house. They can do what they want. You really should join us, Kylie said to the man. I mean, if you decide to let us in, which I pray you will. The man took off his glasses with his left hand and wiped at his eyes with the back of his right wrist. You can sit in our basement, he said, but we don't want the banana bread. Anders glanced at Kylie. She looked hurt. He reached out and squeezed her shoulder. That's perfectly fine with us, said Anders. We're not here to force banana bread on anyone, that's for sure. The man ushered Anders and Kylie into the house and closed the front door behind them. Then he led them to the immediate right through a doorway and into a dark room. Anders heard fumbling sounds coming out of the blackness just ahead of him, and then an overhead light came on. The small room was neat and orderly, which Anders found surprising. There were four love seats arranged to face each other with enough space between them to allow easy access to the coffee table set in the center of the room. On the coffee table, there was an empty red glass vase and a stack of library books. On the wall to the left was a large, framed, black-and-white photograph of a gleeful mob burning an effigy. There was a door on the far wall. The man led Anders and Kylie to the door and opened it. Here's the light switch, he said, and he reached inside the door and flipped it, illuminating a narrow flight of wooden stairs leading down to the dark basement. The light came from a single bulb protruding from the wall just inside the door. You're sure you don't want to come down with us, asked Kylie, just to be safe? No, said the man. What about the other people here, asked Kylie. Do you speak for them, too? Anders went halfway down the steps and then turned to look up at his wife. Stop bothering him about it, Kylie. If you change your mind, said Kylie, then feel free to join us. It's his house, said Anders. It's his basement. He's not waiting for your invitation to use his own basement. The man didn't react. He just stood with his hand on the doorknob, waiting for Kylie to move. Finally, she stepped through the doorway and began to descend the steps. The man closed the door behind her. I'm just worried about them, said Kylie. Getting hit with a tornado can happen to anyone. They probably think it'll never happen to them, but that's what everyone who gets hit thinks. At the bottom of the stairs, Anders reached around the corner and found another light switch. He turned it on. No wonder they don't want to come down here, said Anders. There's nothing here. He walked out into the middle of the bare, unfinished basement. Kylie followed, looking around skeptically. The floor was hard cement and the walls were cinder blocks. There were no windows or apparent escape routes at all, which had to be a fire code violation. The only thing in the basement other than Kylie and Anders was a roll of carpet resting against the far wall. I guess that's where we're sitting, said Anders. He and Kylie walked over to the roll of carpet and sat down on it next to each other, their backs against the cold wall, their legs sticking straight out. We should have brought books, said Kylie, and then the lights went out and she and Anders were plunged into complete darkness. At least, said Anders, we can stop kicking ourselves about forgetting books. What happened, asked Kylie. Even though Anders could feel her leaning against him, her voice sounded further away than before the lights had gone out. The storm probably knocked out the power, said Anders. They'll probably come down here with us now, said Kylie. 
Maybe they'll bring some candles. Maybe, said Anders, or they might just stay upstairs with their candles. Do you really think they wouldn't offer us even one candle, asked Kylie. We don't even know if they have candles, said Anders. This whole candle thing is based on groundless speculation. It's not groundless to assume that most people have candles in case of an emergency, said Kylie, especially in areas where there are a lot of thunderstorms and ice storms, like here. They've probably already forgotten we're down here, said Anders, if anyone beyond that one guy even knew in the first place. Anders and Kylie sat in silence for a minute. Anders experimented with seeing his hand in front of his face. He couldn't. Why aren't they coming down, asked Kylie. It bothers me. It would be so easy for them to come down to their own basement with a few candles, but no. They'd rather risk their lives. For what? You can't force people to be cautious, said Anders. In his mind, he silently added, except for me. Kylie shifted her position on the carpet roll, and Anders heard the crinkle of saran wrap. Let's have some of that banana bread. It's for them, said Kylie. Come on, Kylie. They don't want any banana bread. Let's just eat it. I want a candle, said Kylie. Why, asked Anders. There's nothing to see. I'd feel better, said Kylie. Total darkness is too much. I want to be able to see you. If you want a candle, you ask for it, said Anders. Kylie was silent for a moment. Then Anders felt her let go of his arm and heard her stand up. You're really doing it, asked Anders. I want a candle, said Kylie. Anders heard her take a few tentative steps out away from the wall. He pictured her shuffling along with her hands waving around in front of her, squinting her eyes as if that would help her see better. Kylie's footsteps gradually got further away. "'How's it going?' asked Anders. "'Fine,' said Kylie. "'I think I'm almost to the stairs. "'If you want to come back, just tell me, and I'll talk "'so you can follow the sound of my voice,' said Anders. "'Found them,' said Kylie, sounding proud. "'Make sure you use the handrail,' said Anders. "'Don't let go.' "'Anders heard Kylie climb halfway up the stairs and stop. "'Then she shouted, "'Sir! Sir! "'Could my husband and I have a candle? Please?' "'She paused, and then Anders heard her go up three more steps. "'Sir! Can you hear me?' They can't hear you through the door, said Anders. Kylie said nothing. Just come back, said Anders. We don't need a candle. There was a long pause, and then Anders heard Kylie climbing the last few steps to the door and pushing it open. Sir? Hello? Then the door slammed closed with a loud bang that reverberated through the basement. Anders jumped to his feet and took three quick steps out into the darkness. Kylie? There was no reply. Kylie! He took a few more steps, flailing his hands in front of him. He heard nothing except for his own sharp breath hissing in and out through his nostrils. Then he heard another sound, a low rumble that became a deafening roar almost as soon as he noticed it. And then it was so loud, so overpowering, that Anders fell to his knees on the cold cement floor and clamped his arms around his head, shielding his ears with the insides of his forearms. But it wasn't enough, and the sound kept pummeling him until Anders thought the sound might have actually broken his skull. And then all at once the sound was gone. Anders took his arms away from his ears and rose to his feet. He realized his eyes were closed. He opened them and saw, somehow, a very faint quantity of light. He walked towards it, feeling a cold, wet wind on his face. When he got to the lighter area, he realized he was at the basement stairs. He could just make them out, rising before him. As he made his way up the steps, he felt rain on his head. He looked up and, with rain striking his face... He saw a kind of blackness that he slowly realized could only be the overcast night sky. He scrambled the rest of the way up the stairs, his feet slipping on the wet wood. At the top of the steps, Anders found no door, no Kylie, no neighbors, and no house. All that remained was the house's foundation and the basement beneath it. The blowing rain stung Anders' face. He looked across the driveway to his and Kylie's house and saw that it was still there. The front window, lit from within, glowed merrily. Electric power had returned. 
Anders sat on the couch in his living room, his back straight, his wet, muddy shoes planted flat on the carpet. The floor lamp next to the couch was still on. He and Kylie must have forgotten to turn it off when they left. Everything else was as they had left it, too. Anders even heard the battery-powered radio transmitting static from its place on the kitchen table. Anders wondered if he'd eventually fall asleep right where he sat, or if he'd stay awake forever unless he made a conscious decision to fall asleep. Kylie was gone, sucked up and blown away by the tornado, and she was never coming back. Anders began to make a strange, half-croaking, half-coughing sound. He'd never heard himself or anyone make such a sound before. He'd never suspected that his manifestation of true grief would be so ugly. Kylie was gone. Then Anders heard the glass double doors in the kitchen swing open, the soft pad of bare feet on the tile, and Kylie wasn't gone. She was back, right there in the living room, beaming at Anders with a loaf of banana bread in her hands. The half-croak, half-cough sound turned into just a cough as Anders struggled to speak. "'Kylie,' he finally managed to say. Kylie stood looking at Anders from six feet away, a shy smile on her face. Anders remained seated on the couch. "'What are you wearing?' asked Anders. "'Do you like it?' asked Kylie. "'I got it from the tornado.' Other than her brown coat, Anders couldn't remember what Kylie had been wearing before. Probably jeans, a t-shirt, and her old tennis shoes, but certainly not the sleek, sparkling silver, knee-length dress she wore now. Her feet were bare, and a few blades of wet grass clung to them. "'What happened to your shoes?' asked Anders. Kylie looked down at her feet, still smiling. The tornado didn't give me any. Anders kept expecting himself to jump up from the couch and embrace his wife, but as the seconds passed, it became clear that he wasn't going to. Kylie's smile began to look unsteady. I know that tornadoes do crazy things, said Anders. Pieces of straw driven into trees like nails. Babies found unharmed in fields. One house untouched and the neighbor's house gone. I know about that stuff. Yes, said Kylie, the enthusiasm rekindling on her face. Yes, Anders, but it's so far beyond that. I can't even describe how complicated it is. Everything whirling around in the air like that. It's like the most complicated juggling you've ever seen, but multiplied by, like... She trailed off, thinking. A million? asked Anders. A billion? Exactly, said Kylie. Multiplied by a billion. I can't picture it, said Anders. I saw houses and cars and furniture and people and animals. Anyone you knew? asked Anders. Some, said Kylie. The neighbors? I think so, said Kylie. People like them, anyway. What happened to them? Kylie frowned. I'm not exactly sure. Some of it was bad. Bad how? asked Anders. Violent, said Kylie. But not for me. The smile was back. It was so gentle with me. It changed your clothes? Kylie nodded. But that's not all. She held the banana bread out towards Anders with both hands. The saran wrap was gone and a slice was missing from the end of the loaf. It took a piece, Anders. Just one. And it put me in a bed and rocked me to sleep. And it left me in our own backyard. I just woke up a minute ago and came straight inside to tell you I'm fine. Anders didn't know what to say. I'll show you the bed, said Kylie. She motioned with both hands for Anders to follow her. Come on, Anders, I'll show you now. Anders, his legs stiff, stood and followed his wife. The cloud cover was gone. An almost half-moon shone down on Anders and Kylie in the queen-sized bed resting on the grass at the back of their property. The bed was complete. Frame, box spring, mattress, sheets, comforter. The comforter was thrown back as Kylie had left it when she'd woken up and gone inside. See, said Kylie. She was so happy. The dress the tornado had given her sparkled in the moonlight. It was a night-in-the-yard kind of dress. Anders did see. He saw the bed. 
He also saw the wide swath of destruction the tornado had cut through the fields and trees leading right up to the very edge of his and Kylie's property. Then it must have jumped. I recognize this bed, said Anders. You do? asked Kylie. No, you don't. From where? I don't know, said Anders, but I know I've seen it before. It's ours now, though, said Kylie. The tornado gave it to me. It's so comfortable, Anders. You're going to love it. It does look comfortable, said Anders, but that wasn't what he was thinking about. He was wondering if the previous owner's bodies would ever be found.